Welcome to episode one of the Speak Your Mind Student Voices series. My name is Jabron Mims, and I'll be hosting this four-part series featuring students from within the Tamalpais Union High School District. I'd like to let it be known that all the students you'll see over the course of this series are speaking their individual truths and don't represent anyone but themselves. Before starting the episode, I'd like to share with you a slogan that represents the work of the Racial Justice Task Force from this district. Nothing about us without us. That means that no decisions should be made that affect a group without them being a participant in this decision. We all have our own ways of making change, and I hope this series inspires you to find your way. I hope you enjoy the first episode. Days and nights, it doesn't change. No one said, no one to What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode one of the Speak Your Mind Student Voices series. Thank you all for joining us here today. My name is Jabron, and I'm really excited about having the opportunity to partner with the Tamil Pius Union High School District to bring a four-part series featuring students from within the school district. The main goal of this series is to give students a platform to share their perspectives around issues regarding race and equality in America, but more specifically in their school communities. So we're going to start out by talking about being a student of color in the Tam High School District, uh, specifically being a woman student of color, because we do not have any uh, male guests here. And we did try to get a few male guests. It was a little harder to get um, males engaged, but hopefully on the next episodes, we'll be having a couple males join us as well. Um, but thank you all for joining us. I'm very excited to have you guys here. Uh, could you guys introduce yourself, someone wants to start just say your name and then what high school you're at within the district and what grade level you're at. Whoever wants to start, just just jump right in. Hi, I'm Isra. Um, I go to Redwood High School and I'm a senior. Hello, I'm Samil and I go to Tamil Pius and I'm a junior. Uh, hi, I'm Natalie. I go to Tamil Pius as well and I'm a junior. Hi, I'm Indigo and I also am a junior at Tamil Pius High School. Hi, I'm Sophia. I'm a senior at high school, 1327, but I also went to TAM High for a while. So I want to start off by kind of understanding the environment, the community that your high schools are based in. So how would you describe the social climate of your school communities in regards to race or like what's the racial makeup of your high school communities? I would say that high school 1327 in particularly is very predominantly white. It's the whitest school in the district. And race is something that I would say isn't necessarily talked about unless it's, say, Black History Month, like this month. But every other time of the year, race isn't something really brought up because it makes the majority of the students who are white uncomfortable. And the climate at 1327 regarding um, teachers is definitely not wanting to make the kids uncomfortable so their parents don't get upset. Um, so it's definitely a very white, Eurocentric, tailored version of pretty much every class, but especially history and English. Any two controversial subjects um, regarding race aren't really brought up. I would say um, Redwood's situation is very similar, very predominantly white. And on top of that, we have like the highest transfer rate of African-American or black identifying students out of Redwood than any other school, I think, in the county. And yeah, very similar situation. You know, like um, white fragility, comforting white students is definitely a priority. 
Um, I believe TAM is the same, except it is the school that has the most diverse population, but it's still like 70% white at TAM. So it's really not that diverse of a school. I also feel like TAM is pretty segregated. Like even though it's the most diverse, there's definitely a lot of like segregation within the student body. And although like it may seem like everyone gets along and that like the white students make an effort to include the students of color, I feel like it's not really like that. So being that you guys are all women of color, how do you guys feel that you fit into these school communities? Do you ever feel excluded or like you just can't fit in that you don't belong because of your race? I would definitely say yes. Um, I feel like a lot of the kids at TAM definitely just like look down on you. Like they think you're better. I mean, they think they're better than you. And so like most, from what I've noticed at TAM, most people of color tend to just be friends with each other. You know, we, we go to school with white people. So of course we're gonna have a couple of white friends, but even then like our close, close friends are going to be other people of color like us. As for high school 1327, I feel like it it's less of being pushed out, but just kind of like the culture that you have to assimilate to the white students where um, I often don't talk about race in my classes unless I'm in SOAR because I know that even some of my white friends might get a little uncomfortable. And so it definitely requires a bit of code switching going to a school that's that predominantly white where you don't even have the option to have black friends really last year there were nine black students in the entire school so even having that kind of like many like circle of people that understand your experiences it's not really possible yeah no for sure and at redwood it's more like kind of similar to Drake, there isn't even enough people of color to have that segregation. And it did take me a while, you know, I won't lie to like really adjust and to kind of like be comfortable and being like my full self. Cause on top of being black, I'm also like foreign, like my family comes from Eritrea. So it's like this, like this other duality. And I guess like, it's just, and I feel like another thing like that all three of our schools can relate to is kind of like that intersectionality between like rich white richness and whiteness. Yeah, about what Isra said, it's like, like, not only is everyone out here white, but the majority of them are like rich and wealthy. And it, sometimes it really does, it feels like they look down on you and like they think that you're less than and it's like there's not really much that you can relate on because it's just two completely different lifestyles. It's really hard to fit in at Sam because um, I remember like my freshman year, I came from based at MLK. So I was like always used to being in a classroom where it was always a majority of like students of color. So then to go to TAM where the majority of the class is white. It was really hard for me to make friends because I couldn't relate to anyone either. So I had to make friends um, who like I already knew from middle school or like there were just other people of color who I could relate to. Yeah, that, that all makes sense. Thank you all for sharing that. So I'm curious, I know that the student body makeup as you guys school, your all schools is uh, predominantly white. And I'm curious, does your school, is anything happen at your school from teachers or organizations or events that 
make your racial identity feel respected in that community or does it seem like there's no real effort to even acknowledge it because they're like oh well the the majority of our school is white so let's just continue doing what we're doing we're fine all three schools have like a SOAR club. Some schools have a class and SOAR stands for Students Organized for Anti-Racism. So it's definitely an effort to kind of like find like some common ground between white people and people of color. So I think that, you know, it's really good. I've been involved with it since I've been at my school. So, yeah. I'm curious, uh, how many students, what's the student makeup of that attend those, that uh, SOAR organization? Is it pretty much students of color or is there white kids there or? What's it look like in those store meetings? It's white. At Redwood, it's white. I'm like probably the only person of color, maybe like two other people. Just for me personally, I've had a couple of white teachers who I could trust um, and I could talk to when it comes to race. And if I wanted to talk to them about like issues I was having in the class specifically um, regarding like other white students, um, they would always listen and try to make um, like try to do something about it to help me so that's yeah i i would feel like i was being respected in those moments well that leads into our our next question here do you i mean you guys touch on it but it sounds like race isn't very often discussed in class or taught in the curriculum do you feel like there needs to be a way that the environment is more safe to talk about race do you think it's important and healthy to to acknowledge race and acknowledge people's different ethnicities and religions. And do you guys think that's important? It definitely is important to have these discussions and stuff, but it's just like a matter of making sure that the right people are attending conversations surrounding race and making sure that like the right people are actually learning what they need to learn. Right, so I'm gonna open this for the next, whoever answers this next. I wanna ask what makes these conversations about race for non-people of color, how can we make them productive and really leading to changes in how they view some of the matters around race, racial issues in America? It might be a little harder of a question, but I'll ask it for whoever else wants to answer. Frankly, some topics I feel like just need to be taught by people of color. And, you know, I think every student in America has had some sort of lesson about the civil rights movement or slavery. Um, but it's when you get really personal and really just upfront and blunt about it, that it really starts to sink in with people. Even when I was doing like my civil rights unit in middle school, I didn't feel that connected to it either. And, you know, I, sh I should, but it's because it's these white teachers that are just reading straight from a textbook and um, to a certain extent that's not their fault because they you know have no experience with it but because of that I feel like we need to have people that come in because we do have really amazing speakers in the Bay Area speakers of color who are more than happy to come to schools and talk about the work they're doing as well as history um, also making it a lot more local I think impacts people a lot more. Have you guys ever had experiences with teachers or classmates where they've done something racist or microaggressions? How does that make you feel if you have? I, like my freshman year, um, uh, I like in the classrooms, it was always my um, white classmates who would make 
like racial jokes or stereotypes towards me. Um, and it would really suck because like we would be in table groups so we couldn't really move seats. Um, and it was, it was kind of tough because that like these people were in my other classes and so it's not like I could avoid them. And like, even if I were to call them out on it, um, they would just treat it as a joke. And then um, I had to tell like, I, I, I told teachers and like tried to get them to help me and it took them a while for them to do something about it, which um, I, it just made me feel worse. White kids like to say, oh, I have a black friend so I can say the M word. And they're like, I only say it around my black friends, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, but you're right. And I've never seen you hang out with a single black person. And so it's just like the kids at TAM use race as a joke essentially. For me personally, I haven't had like a big incident, um, which I'm really like thankful for. Um, but it's just like the microaggressions, just like daily microaggressions. And it just kind of sucks because it's like at a certain point, you just kind of become like desensitized to it. And it's like, there's not really much that you can do. Indigo, could I ask you, because a lot of the thing about microaggressions is a lot of white people that use microaggressions don't even know that they're doing it or don't even know what one might be. So could you give an example of a microaggression off the top of your head? Could you think of one that you commonly hear in your community? For me, a big one is like my hair. Like people, white people will come up to me, they'll touch my hair, they'll ask me questions about it. Um, they'll ask me, how long did it take to get it done? How often do I wash it? Um, is it my real hair? Stuff like that. And it's just like, why are you asking me that? Like you, ne you would never ask another white person that. So why do you feel comfortable asking me that like I'm some sort of animal yeah I've had so many similar experiences where one like people just touch your hair they just stick their hand in your hair and expect you to be like oh word do it again like you know I don't know it's just yeah that's that's weird behavior um so on a positive note let's do the last couple questions like this if everyone wants to share whoever wants to share what's something about your race that you're proud of I would say I'm really proud um, of my culture. Um, when I was younger, like I used to have a hard time accepting like my Vietnamese heritage, um, just because like I knew it was very different um, from a lot of the from like culture at Tam. Um, it, it, it like I wanted to fit in, so part of me just never accepted who I was. Um, but I think now just because I've gotten more comfortable with who I am and like I've made like I have a friend group and people that I trust and support like who I am um I would say like I'm proud of the differences in the cultures um like I'm proud of like the the clothing I'm proud of the food I'm proud of the, like the languages that like we're always made fun of um because I think like when people try to make fun of my culture now, like it doesn't, it doesn't affect me as much just because like I have nothing to prove to them. And um, like, if they want to belittle me, that's on them. Um, I'm really proud of my hair. I often have my hair in an Afro. Tomorrow I go back to school, so I have it in a protective cell, but I wear my Afro often and I usually decorate it really colorful and I'm really proud of it. I want, it 
like I love to have it stand out. And so I'm really thankful that my hair is the way it is. <laughs> yeah, jumping off that, I definitely, growing up, because I'm half black and half white, I really didn't have anyone that had my hair. My mom, who's black, didn't have my hair. Like, no one knew what to do with it. So I just, for probably 10 years, would just straighten my hair every single day. And, you know, it wouldn't grow. It was damaged. It was awful. Um, and for the last, probably, getting into high school, I just really started embracing my natural hair. I haven't washed it, so it's up. But uh, I've I've gotten to the point where I really love my hair and love wearing it out. And I think it's just so beautiful for Black women to wear their hair, not just natural, but in any way that they want to wear it, whether that is straightened or in braids or in a weave or in a wig, you know, doing there's so many styles that you can do and not feeling like you have to do something because someone expects it of you and how, you know, your natural self um, in and of itself is special and different and unique. For me, it would kind of just be like the culture as a whole. Like sometimes I used to get kind of sad because like since I'm African-American, I felt like I wasn't like as connected to my roots as people of like other ethnicities just because I didn't really like know much about my ancestors. But then I like really took a step back and I realized that like we made our own culture in America, like ever since we stepped off of the boats, like the music, the dancing, the language, hair, food, style, it's just like so many things um, that we've made for ourselves. And like every day, like I see it in pop culture. Um, and like, even though people don't really acknowledge, like they don't wanna acknowledge that it, a lot of it is black culture. Like it just makes me happy, like knowing and seeing what we've made for ourselves and like all of the amazing and beautiful things that we continue to put together. So last thing we're going to talk about here, how do you feel that your experiences being a woman of color have prepared you or being a woman of color specifically in your communities have prepared you for the next steps in your life? So I'm um, transferring to, from TAM because I was at a very diverse school and now I went to TAM that was predominantly white. I feel like being a person of color and transferring around to a different school definitely taught me a lot about myself and other people and just how they grew up. So I think it's a very important life skill that I plan to use. I can really relate to Samil. Um, I also transferred uh, to TAM 10th grade year from Oakland and I was in school in Oakland until ninth grade. So it was very different like experiences growing up and whatnot but transferring to TAM it really did open my eyes more and like even though sometimes it's hard it has showed me how to like communicate with other people and be able to um like yeah be able to exist in like different kinds of environments um I think uh, my experience like at TAM has also helped me um just because like now like it it helps me learn how to hold on to like my identity and hold on to who I am, even when I'm in an environment where like I may not feel entirely comfortable. My experience at such a predominantly white high school and middle school showed me things that I realistically wanted as an adult 
and I made sure the places I applied to either had a big black student population or at least worked to make their black students feel welcomed and make sure there were spaces for those students. Being a woman of color, it just helps me in kind of pursue what I want to do because in college next year, I, I want to kind of do political science and critical race theory. I want to be able to study that in any way that I can because I want to be able to like see how you can, like I can make change or, or at least be part of something greater that like helps fix things from the inside. Because I think what plays a role in all of this at the top is systemic racism. So I would say just like taking, you know, next steps, living in Marin has helped me, you know, keep my eyes open on what, you know, it looks like. It was really impressive that you added it on high school because you're speaking about these things very well. And I think that's why it's important that we have these conversations because the younger generation, our generation, we're all Gen Z, I believe. Our voices matter a lot because we're the future, you know? So um, I am just really happy to have you all join me here and talk about uh, talk about all the things we talked about. And I think it hopefully leads to some change in your guys' communities. Hopefully some teachers, some staff or students listen and try to reflect on their actions and how they can be a part of the change as we continue to try to try to fight for racial equality in America. So I just want to thank you all for being here, joining us, and I want to thank our audience for tuning in to the first episode of the Student Voices series. You guys have a good one.